was a long weekend, wasn't it? Wasn't it? On the gridiron and off the gridiron. Long, long weekend. Hey, uh, about 20 minutes before we started, I get this phone call, and the caller ID, Britt, says RMC. Mm, oh, here we go. So, so I decided to answer it. You know, area code 202, Washington. And uh, this is the second time in the last week I've gotten this same call. And it's a live person. And I, I don't know what the deal is. First of all, they really need to get their shit together because the guy starts talking mm-hmm. before I can even say hello. Or, I mean, and, and it's not an automated thing. But the, the person just starts talking. All right, I'll, I'll let you go on that one. And he starts saying, well, we're calling uh, all kinds of really, really loyal contributors like you. And I, I know this is good for Biden, okay? If they think <laughs> that they've got me on a list of the really loyal contributors, okay? So so much for, for they've got the technology down. They've, they've got – I mean, yeah. this, this is the kind of stuff – that uh, Jesse Helms figured out 40 years ago how to compile accurate lists of donors, and he yeah. raised a lot more money. So here we are all these years later. So they're calling me up. You know, uh, I have just a one-question poll for you. Okay. I <laughs> can't wait. It's a one-question poll. And he really does sound like that. He, he really sounds like he flunked out of radio school. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, the question is, and, you know, this is clearly a Republican push poll where they're trying to get a predetermined result from people that they think are big contrib- loyal contributors. And he words it like, I, I, and I had a pen out. I couldn't write it down fast enough, but I, I've got the gist of it. You'll get it. Ready? Here it is. Considering the behavior of the press involved do you think that president trump is getting a fair shake from the media that was the question that's so good that was the question and so they're assumedly calling republicans who are all going to say well of course no he's not getting a a and i gave a one-word answer yes (laughs) all right thank you thank you you (laughs) and that was it so i'm not quite so impressed with the level of sophistication of the campaign of uh, Donald J. Trump president. That was just not a very impressive showing by them. Yeah, I don't, I don't, are these the trees that they're shaking at this point? Is that, is that what you're saying to me? Uh, well, it, it doesn't, look, I shouldn't be on any of their no. lists. No, you I shouldn't. Really, I really shouldn't. I, I have never, I don't think in my life, ever sent a dime to a Republican. That doesn't mean I've never voted for a Republican. Right, yeah. I voted for Howard Coble a couple right. of times. And, uh, then there was that 2004 thing. <laughs> and <laughs> It's taken you so long just to work up saying that. I'm so proud of you. It's been 16 years, and you can now talk but I, about but it. But I, uh, I didn't give any money. So. No, there was no money given. Yeah. So, all right. So that's uh, that's my opening shot. What do you I got? Think, I just think it's funny that if the, if that's who they think that they're they're down mm-hmm. to getting at this point, you're playing hacky sack with a quadriplegic, folks. You, you're, you're not gonna. There's the, you're, you're dying, and you're right. If that's this is exceptionally good news for Joe Biden. It is unbelievably good news for Joe it, Biden. It's it's that solid computerized micro targeting that we've heard so much about. <laughs> it, it, it feels like it feels like right now as we speak, and nobody should take their foot off the pedal, 
I'm, it looks like over 300 electoral votes for Joe Biden to me. That's what it looks like to me. I mean, it looks it like over very, 400. 400. That, that would be. You would not be able to knock the smile off of my face with a fucking two by four. Remember, <laughs> three three hundred is not that big of a deal because that's the win. Well, the winner, I, I, the winner is two seventy plus Florida. Okay, that's all it is. I'm yeah. being conservative as I am in all things in my life. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if it's over four hundred, I, you, I will have a smile on my face. I will look like the fucking Joker till about twenty fifty. Hmm. If that if that is what happens, because that will be the the best thing that ever happened in the history of the world. Are you still on board with saying that the the major sports leagues are whistling in the graveyard and fooling themselves by trying to start their seasons? Uh, why would I not? What what is what has given you some kind of hope? No, I'm I'm much more on your side every day as I see the the numbers come in. We're seeing these record numbers of diagnoses and hospitalizations and such, and I. I don't understand why somebody can't, you know, get these people by the lapels and say this is this is a horrible, terrible idea. Um, well, this is about hope winning out over reality and logic, and I think that the hope is that we wake up tomorrow and the notification on your phone is that some tests on a uh, possible vaccine have come back strikingly positive, and Bob, you know. The, that's what they're way, they're hoping that that will happen between now and the end of the summer. But even if that happens, even if that happens, we know all the barriers to to getting people vaccinated and uh, causing the kind of immunity and the numbers that it would take to allow people to go back and sit right next to each other in uh, stadia. Now, of course, uh, Trump rallies accepted. They will always be sure. Uh, there's no issue there, as they should. Right, and um, yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, the other day when uh, baseball announced, "Oh, well, the commissioner's going to his sixty game," and, and they're acting as if that's the only the only issue was the greed of the players and the greed of the owners and. The fact that uh, the rest of us are sitting out here sweating and uh, trying to make the rent on July 1st and that we really care about these players and these owners and that's the only issue. That's a big issue, but that would be at any time. There's a fucking virus out there that is stopping everything in its tracks and I just don't know how you go forward. College football is the most interesting one to me, Britt, because as... Difficult as it seems to see the NFL getting it back together. Well, at least they can do it under the guise of they're mercenaries. They get paid a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they risk their life every time they go out on the field anyway, just That's under right. normal circumstances. And uh, these are largely healthy people. And uh, even if they contract the virus, they're they're not likely to die from it. So, okay, let's take a run at it. But college football players, if this doesn't blow open the whole amateurism thing and and, and send it off packing, I don't know what does. So these are people that don't get paid for what they do, and they perform for colleges and universities that will probably not be open to students. So they're supposed to show up as what? Imaginary mercenaries on behalf of, uh, you know, Old Dominion, old, you know, Ohio State, USC, Notre Dame. What are they? What are they playing for? What What are they risking their health for? It, it just it doesn't make any sense, does it? 
Well, it's a reexamination of everything that these kids have been fed about representing your state and get, representing a good old state you and all this other horseshit. Yeah, you know what? Been... Your mother would, would whoop you off the side of the head if you told her that, <laughs> right? <laughs> your mom, right? Because all these guys, how many f- football players that ever make it are ever thanking their dads? It's always the moms, right? Pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's moms who inspire them. It's mom. So no mom is going to want their kid to be playing college football. I can't imagine that they would. It doesn't make any sense. Well, but then that, it, it, that'll it get back don't. into the conservative thing about the pussification of America. We're just it's we're, we're going with too many with the with the feminist uh, uh, point of view, and we're letting the women decide well, all of this. Yeah, stuff. and you know what? Women are going to decide who the next president that is. Sure and you know who they're are. deciding? Guess who they're deciding? Joe Biden yeah. all day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I I I tend to agree with you, and I was watching the special on uh, ESPN last Thursday when they unveiled, big unveiling of the NBA schedule. And, you know, I don't want to be this guy, but the Disney pep rally for that shit was just outrageous. And they're like, well, the players will have the best medical care and they'll have musicians and the best chefs and they'll go on excursions and they'll be able to go fishing. And it's just unreal. See, but that that's the problem. Just the fact that uh, you have a group of elitists because that's what they become in a way that we normally look aside and say, look, they're special people. They have special skills, so they perform on the uh, field of play, and they are well compensated for it. And, and this is one of those aspirational things. This is we all do wish we every kid wanted to be a major league baseball player or a pro football player. So we, we don't sit there every week and watch them and say, oh, we're jealous of that. We, we, we hate them because – no. But – but – if considering the circumstances that the world finds itself, that the country finds itself right now with tens of millions of people unemployed and really, really hurting, that you think it's that important that uh, bread and circuses uh, still be presented to the people to occupy their time, I, I think it's a horrible look. I think it's wrong, and I think that these leagues should just say, no. Broadway shows are now done for the year. They've just said, we're out until at least January 1st. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think that they wanted to shut down all year long? Hell no. No, of course not. But they are facing reality. And by the way, they're in a place where, guess what? The coronavirus is pretty much in control, at least at this hour. Maybe in a week it'll be bad again. But if they're if they're saying no there in New York, where they already handled it correctly the first time to squash it mostly, what are you supposed to do across the country? How are the, it, it doesn't make any sense. What is the NFL plan to, to, to have every game played in, in, in one stadium like the NBA? Or no, they want to play all over the country, right? They wanted to do the regular thing, right? Yeah. Well, they're acting like everything's going to be as normal. Yeah. They might, the, the, what, no. the, the only accommodation the NFL even, is even trying to make is, eh, we might pare down and only have like two preseason games and we might push the season back a couple of weeks, start it, right. you know, in late September oh, or something oh, like that. They're going to put a tarp over the first 10 rows of seats, right? So that the um, players can't jump into the stands and there's there's no contact. And what are they going to have the stadium half full for, for social distancing, something of that? So we, we know in the end of the – it's all about getting stuff on TV and getting TV ratings. We understand that. We, we get that. But it's still bad. I mean, what happens when the first player dies? 
Is that it? Is is, is it going to be? Is it it that simple? When the first player gets this and doesn't recover, or gives it to their mother and their mother dies, uh, God forbid it would be their father, but we know it's only the mother. (laughs) The mother. No, it's as you see all this stuff, and you've seen like I don't know thirty players at Clemson or something test positive, and you wonder is it going to take somebody eighteen or nineteen or twenty years old dying before they go? I don't know if this is a good idea. I'm just I'm just really curious. I I think so. I think it is. I think that's what's going to be the plus. I'll be, be honest with you, point. the NBA thing with the Disney pep rally and shit, and you can call me out for lefty squish if you want to on this, but as we've reexamined race, particularly over the past month to six weeks or so, it's just this idea that these mostly black people are going to be exploited so that Disney can somehow get some of their profits up and do something for this year. That kind of bothers me. I don't like that. Well, Britt, as a shareholder. <laughs> <laughs> and I know. They're no, you, really... no you're, you're totally you're, you're totally right. It It's it, it, again. Um, no, they're not slaves. No, it's not they're that very, way. They're but, very well-paid black people. Let's just yeah. establish that first of all. But I, the idea that they would be risking their lives so that a bunch of board members banging on the table get the content and get the profits up, I don't know. I just don't feel super comfortable with that. Yeah, I also don't buy into that. Well, they really want to play badly because, you know, they have a limited career because you just do when you're an athlete. So they don't want to miss a year. I don't. I don't think that's. That's true at all. I think they'd rather miss the year and be healthy for next year, assuming that it got a year from now that uh, we we have this really uh, in in better control. And there's no guarantee, even then, um, that we will. I I just it's just it's foul. Yeah, it, I, I it, think that, it's foul in a way, which which should bring us right to Cam Newton. Who, <laughs> by the way, I you you I'll tell you what you have got to take your fedora off. To the Patriots, okay? This could turn out to be the, the the downside on this is about one, and the upside is a thousand, okay? If Cam Newton goes there and fails, is injured again, what everybody's going to say, you know what? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. But we know, we all of us around here, we know that he is capable yep. on his better days. Of being really, really good. And I think the best thing that could happen to Cam Newton, the probable starting quarterback, I think, of the New England Patriots, is that there is no season this year. That will give him another full year to recover and get healthy. And uh, I think a 32-year-old Cam Newton with another year off is better than a 31-year-old uh, trying to get in there and maybe do too much right now to prove himself under weird circumstances. That's no, my I, opinion. I, I believe he's going to be starting. If they play a season, I think he's going to be starting. I don't yeah. want to make predict like by October, by week four, but I, I think at some point, probably before, if there is a week four, exactly before. I think before the middle of the season, he's going to be starting and he'll do fine. And that, what you just said about him not taking the hits and being able to heal up and stuff like that. That's the the knock that I hear against Colin Kaepernick. He hasn't played in three years, whatever. He also hasn't been hit by 270 right. pound guys for four yeah. years. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's also that <laughs> you, you do, you do have a rejuvenation yeah. kind of thing going on. But boy, you, you just got to think, and, and you know, this is like trying to deal with, with Trump back in the early days when no matter what kind of weird move he would make, We'd all go, well, that's the end. And then other people, oh, no, he's an evil genius. He knows how. He is so far. He's playing seven-dimension chess, and you people don't know. He is so smart. That's how he got elected, blah, blah, blah. blah. Well, in the case of Belichick, it's kind of true. He's proven it for for 20 years. And if he says, all right, let's sign Cam Newton, I think we've got a shot here, you got to think there's something going on 
with Cam Newton that is more positive than than everybody else saw. You just got to think that he's not stupid. He's not stupid. Uh Unfortunately, the Supreme Court has decided that women will be in charge of their own ovaries for a little while longer, striking down some uh, abortion restrictions in Louisiana, very similar to the ones in Texas from a few years ago. And again, John Roberts, being a traitor to the conservative cause, did side with the liberal justices on the Supreme Courts. Once again, Roe versus Wade hanging on by a thread, but hang on, it still does, Brad. Well, this was not a Roe versus Wade. This was not an overturn all abortion kind of decision. It was a... Um, it was a chipping a away. It, it, what, right. It was. It's. It's a chipping away kind of law that they they passed in Louisiana, and you've heard of these. Some of them are the width of the hallways in an abortion clinic has yep. to be X number of feet wide, and of course, none of them are. They're not hospitals usually. They're smaller, and so that would render the building useless and the abortion clinic goes out of business. Women can't get an abortion, a legal process as ruled by the U S Supreme court that they have the right to. And they came up with all these other kinds of, uh, uh, uh bullshit r- restrictions. But the most famous one, and this is an example of it is the doctors who perform the abortions have to have admitting privileges to hospitals at a uh, certain distance from the abortion clinic so that should something go wrong, uh, the patient will be able to be treated apparently by that same doctor in that same hospital that he has or she has admitting privileges in, which on its face sounds stupid because there's no reason to believe that that doctor would automatically be treating the patient in a hospital setting any differently than they might in the abortion clinic center, but it was clearly designed to uh, drive abortion clinics out of business. And it had reached the point when they passed the law in Louisiana in the middle of the decade that uh, it would have made Louisiana a one clinic state, one place in the entire state for the uh, women to be able to get an abortion. So, it became a court case and a federal judge, or as uh, Donald Trump would like to call it, an Obama federal judge struck that, that law down. All right? That wasn't good enough, of course, so they appealed it up to the Supreme Court. And uh, it's a five to four decision. And John Roberts, who joined the liberals in overturning the law or upholding what the federal judge said at the uh, appellate level, John Roberts is saying, look, I, I didn't do this because uh, I'm a big fan of abortion, as as a lot of us are. Okay? Oh, we love it, yeah. A lot of us are. And, and by the way, my film collection sometime. abortion clinics have, have hurt in this uh, pandemic, too, because they don't have as big of audience uh, up there in the gallery to watch all these procedures, because it's a riot. Um, <laughs> it is. But Ro- Robert said he was just voting the way he did because of precedent. Mm-hmm. And so that does get back to what you originally said, which is Roe v. Wade. It's a legal procedure. And Roberts is essentially calling bullshit on the barriers that are being thrown up artificially around the country. Um, and also, as I've said before, as I said last week or the week before, when the two other big decisions came down and Roberts sided with the liberals, Roberts does not want to be known as that guy, the the guy who presided over the shredding of the Constitution and previous rulings just because 
he's some kind of uh, ideologue, and he was appointed by uh, George W. Bush to be the uh, chief justice. And, you know, by the way, good for him. That's what a chief justice is supposed to do. If it's, an, if it's something he needs to rule on with the conservatives, he does. But if he sees that the uh, the law is better served by leaving in place what was, then he does. You know what I call that? I call that originalism. Isn't it amazing when, when John Roberts votes to keep the laws as they were, that that's not originalism? But, but, but when uh, when uh, uh, Justice Alito points to uh, some some law written in uh, uh, 1802, uh, that's that's more originalist, right? That's mm-hmm. how it works. I'm, I'm so good good for him, and uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not worried because usually this happens after you get a ruling like this. Oh, this is going to stoke the conservatives. This is going to get them out. They are going to be so mad at this, and Trump is going to use it. <laughs> what, what is he? Is he going to um, fire John Roberts? Uh, is, is he going to finally push uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg out a third-story window <laughs> so that uh, we can spend the rest of uh, 2020 uh trying to replace her, which, of course, he shouldn't be allowed to replace her this late into his term. But we know that they would. If if, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg died on November 1st, November 1st, they would try to get a new justice in there in 12 hours or less, right? Yep. They would. They would They would think that they could still do that. They, they would do it after the election, even if Trump lost. If she died at the end of the year in December before he left office, he'd think he could still do it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, is there any doubt? Is there any doubt? So um, I don't think it's – this is not a – this is not an election based on abortion, okay? It's no, not. it's not. Well, he's and, not even out there. He's not on his Twitter account even kind of trying to stoke has up. Has he the, said nothing? Not about this. Not about wow. that decision. Wow. Oh, I, I am shocked because usually this is a – you know what that is? That's the white flag. That's him raising the white flag because he knows, even Donald Trump knows, what a fool's game it is, what a loser's idea it is to attack the chief justice of the Supreme Court. It's just not a winner. It may feel good for a moment, but it's not a good long-term plan. So good good for them. Now, I, I think later in the week, they will uh, put out the ruling on whether the accounting firm has to turn over all of his taxes, right? <laughs> it's so not no, good no, shape. No wonder he's not worried so much about abortions, at least the ones that we think that he – well, he, of course, we're, we're, he's probably still worried about the ones that he paid four years ago, Correct. that he had all the women sign the nondisclosure agreements, <laughs> that one of them may turn out to act just like his niece now and everybody, say, say fuck you, this. Yeah. If, yeah. You're, if you haven't heard this one in a while, this is, this is my joke regarding that. You know, in presidential election years, they always used to like to go – to the, up to the president, go. Hey, much? How much does a gallon of milk cost? How much does a loaf of bread cost? How much does a gallon of gasoline cost? Donald Trump doesn't know any of that shit, but he can tell you down to the penny what an abortion costs in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are the tweets from today. He's. Uh, this is from five hours ago. Can anyone believe that Princeton just dropped the name of Woodrow Wilson from their highly respected policy center? Now the do-nothing Democrats want to take the name John Wayne from an airport. Incredible stupidity. He says from five hours ago. So he's hung I, up on that. Both both of those moves are, of course, highly defensible. 
highly understandable. The John Wayne thing, when did that first come up? Uh, a couple years ago, we talked yeah, about it. That's right. Uh, you know, his is the name on the Orange County, California airport. That's the airport you can't fly to from, from, from anywhere. Right. You, you, you cannot get, if you want to fly to, to LA, but like my brother lives in Orange County. Yeah. And I mean, he's five minutes from that stupid airport. Yeah. But, but I can't fly there unless I want to pay more than double the amount it would cost to fly to uh, Los Angeles to, to, to LAX. So it's, a, it's an annoying airport. Okay. But all right. It, it, it serves its purpose. If you live out there and you're, you're only flying to Phoenix or, or Seattle, then I guess they have flights from there. But I digress. Uh, um, yeah, John, John, of- yeah. John Wayne, they nailed John Wayne for, I think it's a Playboy interview he gave in 1970. Yeah. Where he just basically, supported slavery <laughs> he just he was just all he was just all in on slavery it wasn't such a bad thing it worked out what the fuck shut up kind of thing to to black people it was just it was just horrible and there was a lot of people back at the time that they named the airport i think they did it in 1979 when he died mm-hmm. who didn't want his name on it even then but orange county was such a a bastion of conservatism. I mean, it was just the most right-wing Republican county. I think they have seven or eight representatives, and they were you. You could not lose a seat in yeah. the U.S. Congress if you were in that part of uh, Southern California. And suddenly, in 2018, what happened? Like every seat flipped. Every damn one of them flipped. You have no Democrat. Republicans representing Orange County at all in the United right. States and Congress. The, the difference in the demographics of Orange County from, from 1979 to now, it's night and day. It's a much more diverse county. You have a lot of Asians in that county. And let me just say, the Chinese food that we had when we have just fantastic. Fantastic in, in <laughs> um, but it's it's just not that place anymore that it was uh, back then, and so therefore, just call it Orange County Airport. Because remember that that's the suggestion that the I guess it's the board of it's the county commissioners who made this vote, and they're suggesting let's just call it Orange County Airport. Which, by the way, if you're in the shadow of Los Angeles. Okay, and if you did a survey again across the country, where is John Wayne Airport? How many people you think would know it was the Orange County Airport? Mm. None. None. Right? One percent? Who who no, knows? Just maybe. Just, yeah, just the kind of people who know all the uh, luggage tag abbreviations. They know <laughs> <laughs> those kind of trivia people. So just from a uh, utilitarian standpoint, it makes much more sense. To get rid of the name, but but we'll pretend that uh, that's not the real reason. They just want damn John Wayne's name off the airport because um, he was a, a, a fake draft dodging uh, patriotic bullshit artist mm-hmm. of, of his day. And well, people who are under forty don't even know who John Wayne is. They've never heard of him. They've never seen one of his movies. They don't care. So you know what? Things don't get named forever. There, there's no no law. Right. What was the other thing that got got renamed? Oh, the Woodrow Wilson thing. Oh, the Woodrow. All right, Woodrow Wilson. All right. So Woodrow Wilson, um, just a flat out, unquestioned, undeniable racist. Right. Just uh, just beyond belief. The guy who showed Birth of a Nation at the White House. Yeah. 
All right, so Don, this is your chance to show your real ire over this. Why don't you screen Birth of a Nation at the White House and have Sean Hannity do the introduction, right? He can do one of those things like on Turner Classic Movies. They have the <laughs> Ben Mankiewicz or somebody who who does the little introduction, tells you all about the movie. Screen the classic Birth of a Nation, which talks oh, about the right. Great South. <laughs> it's right. right, right. So, uh, again... Um, the, the the real question is, um, why were statues built to these people in the first place? Why why did it happen at all? And and that brings us to a, a another question. I, I Facebooked this the other day and got a lot of response. It's kind of an entertaining thought. Is there going to be an industry? post-Donald Trump, equivalent to the industry of Ronald Reagan, to get as much shit named after him as possible. I mean, we have a Ronald Reagan high school within the sound of our voice, right, in Forsyth County, North Carolina, right, in in Winston-Salem. In Pop Town, yeah. Right, right. And I think the number right now is there are 3,000 things across the country named after Reagan. And that's the result of the efforts that are led by that's right, Grover Norquist, the yep. anti-tax whack job. That's correct. Uh, that's his life's work to get when, stuff. When named. Ronald Reagan left office, they had a a specific mission to have at least as much stuff in America named after Ronald Reagan as John F. Kennedy. That was their stated goal. Mm-hmm. And I think they may have exceeded it at this point. Um, it's probably true. It's probably true. But uh, still, more traffic at Kennedy Airport than Reagan National in Washington. Well, you, you got a point. <laughs> it's still just a slight bit. I think the, you know JFK is still a slight bit busy. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll close that gap someday. But, but the, in, the case, in the case of Trump, can you just imagine the fight? If you think there are fights over Confederate statues now, and most of the fights, and we'll put the uh, tearing down George Washington shit aside for a moment here, yeah. but the, the statues and the Navy, the Army bases that were specifically named mostly in the early 1900s, you know, 40 or 50 years after the Civil War, on purpose as a, a bite me to the idea of, of, of segregation and reconstruction and equal rights and voting rights and any kind of rights for for black people it was just basically we're the masters we're still in charge and we're white damn it here's a statue of uh general beauregard fuckface who was a lousy general but damn he was one of us right if you think it was bad then imagine what it will be like if these people come forward now and say we need to start building statues of donald trump in place can you imagine uh, good luck. That's going to be unbelievable. Best of luck on that one. But you, the correct, you know they're going to do it. You know they're going to do it. They're going right? to try. I don't know if they're going to be successful in that. I think the correct tact that, that a lot of people are taking when it comes to this Woodrow Wilson thing is the one that Ted Cruz and a lot of other assholes, well, that's a Democrat. See, that's a racist Democrat, so that's not got anything to do with us. So, yeah, that's that's how you attack that problem if you're Donald Trump. The Democrats took one of their own finally off of, and that was appropriate. But now he's taken the other direction that no, it shouldn't have been taken off at all. So he completely blew that one in in his own party. Yeah, the the uh, since he was a Democrat, it's okay to do it. Yeah, Ted Cruz line is so weak. And of course, what does it depend on? It depends on the ignorance of the American people. Of course, right? It, does. it completely depends on the ignorance of the American people because they're always trying to draw some kind of line between a racist from a hundred years ago and attach the current political party title 
to what happened then. And there is no relationship. The Democratic Party now is not the Democratic Party of 1915, nor is the Republican Party of 2020 the same as the one in 1864. But the uh, average ignorant American uh, does not know that. So that's what they depend on. It's the how stupid do you think they are idea. And that's and that's also like a, an attack that a lot of conservatives have taken that these are uh, Democrat Confederate statues that that people are upset <laughs> about. Well, then why are Republicans so mad about them being removed if, if they're just Democrat statues? I don't, I don't yeah, get yeah. What, what, yeah. What's your priority? Exactly. <laughs> Is the priority that they were racist, that they were Confederates, that they were losers, or that they were maybe Democrats at right. the time? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I said this a couple of years ago that the Republican Party needs to be wonder if they're going to be the party of Robert E. Lee or. Abraham Lincoln. And I think that question needs to be posed by Joe Biden time and time and time again. Which which are you? Is it going to be you're the party of Robert E. Lee or are you the party of Abraham Lincoln? Because I don't think you can be both. That's I don't a, think that's possible. That's, that's a great question that he could throw out. Exactly. In a in a debate. And there's uh, enough room in our party for both. <laughs> right. We're, we're the big tent party. We're a big tent party. <laughs> <laughs> These are the uh, oh, I, I didn't want to leave the uh, topic of John Wayne without. Going back, if you haven't seen, there's some really good John Wayne rants against hippies, I think, on YouTube. And they, they kind of are, are some of the arguments you're hearing today against Black Lives Matter. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. I re- I'm telling you, John Wayne yeah. was, there, there is nobody like him today because we don't have movie stars who, who do what he did because not only was he this, this spokesmouth for right wing Republicanism during the Vietnam War and beyond. It was, it was kind of the uh, the acting version of Bob Hope, um, but he was able to wrap himself around the flag and get all the TV specials. There's there's some great YouTube shit on John Wayne. You're right. I've seen. If you want to watch, if you just want to die. Um, uh, fire, fire up one of those Fourth of July John Wayne loves America specials. I'm, I'm sure it's there. I'm sure if you just type that into YouTube, they'd pop right up there. They're, they're just insufferable. Just uh, they really are. <laughs> but but can't you hear somebody saying the same kind of shit that he was saying back then about some of the people today, some of the people who are protesting? Well, of course, it's the yeah. same. Yeah, it's the same, same shit. Recycled. Yeah. The the only thing I I haven't seen anybody go so far. As the uh, famous George Wallace line, where he said, "These damn hippies!" I tell you what, here's a four-letter word that they've never heard in their life: S O A P. Right? So that that's where you get the the uh, filthy, dirty hippies line. <laughs> U.S. intelligence officers and special operations forces in Afghanistan alerted their superiors as early as January to a suspected Russian plot to pay bounties to the Taliban to kill American troops in Afghanistan, according to officials briefed on the matter. They believed at least one U.S. troop death was the result of the bounties, two of the officials said. The crucial information that led the spies and commandos to focus on the bounties included the recovery of a large amount of American cash from a raid on a Taliban outpost that prompted suspicions. Interrogations of captured militants and criminals played a central role in making the intelligence community confident in its assessment that the Russians had offered and paid bounties in 2019. However, Trump said that's not true. That ain't true. It didn't happen that way. 
He said that the information never reached him, and we've got some fake news here is what we have. And he's also tweeted some terrible, awful things about alleged killed in action and stuff of this nature uh, over the past 24 hours. This I don't think this is going to help his case to the American people for re-election, Brad. Uh, so, well, it, let's break it down. Uh, which is worse, that he's not lying that he wasn't told because we have an intelligence community that's so cowed about bringing him bad news that they're afraid to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an intelligence community that was blocked by members of his administration from telling him things like this. For all I know, uh, I mean, John Bolton was already gone, so you can't pin this one on him. Um, or Trump is just lying and of course he knew, and of course he did nothing, because of course he doesn't want to do anything to publicly get into a spat with Vladimir Putin. And of course Donald Trump doesn't care really about our military. He only cares about them for photo ops and to make it appear as if uh, he is um, restoring some kind of, of valor to the country that was uh, taken away by the interloping, shouldn't have ever been elected black president who wasn't born in the United States, Barack Obama. Uh, none of those things work out well, but I will say this. I have to give him some points. He is consistent because the line, I never heard about this, I never knew anything about it, that is the diplomatic or undiplomatic equivalent of, I never met him, I don't know who he is. And what happens every time Trump says that? Then a million pictures appear, of Trump with the guy, whoever he's saying he never heard of or didn't meet, right? right. And this is the same issue. There, there's there's too many people who are saying, of course he was told about it. Then there's always the possibility he was told about it, either forgot about it, wasn't paying attention, can't read the daily brief, we know that, um, or he was just uh, on his phone. Can you imagine? He's probably doing Twitter when they come in to to give the intelligence briefing when he agrees to actually listen to one. Put the phone not even down. paying attention. Yeah, put the damn phone down. Put the phone down, you dick. And, 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 and pay attention. So wh- which one of those makes him look good? None the answer is none of them. No, no, zero. None. Mr. Trump defended himself by denying the Times report that he had been briefed on the intelligence, expanding on a similar White House rebuttal a day earlier, but leading congressional Democrats and some Republicans demanded a response to Russia that, according to officials, the administration has yet to authorize. Well, see, uh, but the point is, he should be – let's just say – let's pretend – this is fantasy land. Let's pretend he's telling the truth and he wasn't told about it. His first response should be, I should have been told about it. And I'm firing whoever didn't tell but me about it. I, I want to know why I wasn't told about it. Um, but his supporters, and I'm sure over on Fox, they would never ask that kind of a question. That's just too provocative. That's a nasty question. That's, <laughs> well, you're yes. a bad reporter. You're a bad uh, podcaster for asking that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, um, it, it, it speaks for itself, but it's costing American lives. Donald Trump, you got to give him, again, he's running up the score today. You got to give him points. He can cost American lives overseas and he can cost them in the United States by his uh, bungling of the coronavirus uh, response. But he did, of course, stop flights from China. I forgot. That's the greatest thing in the history of the world. What about that? All right. But that doesn't count as a response in total to it. So he, important. He, yeah. he did, right. So um, 
if he isn't a clear and present danger to the United States, you know, I just don't know. I don't know what is. And uh, he's got to be voted out and it looks good. Um, it's not sealed. Nothing is done. There are states that need to be campaigned at over and over and over again and people reminded and people motivated to get out and do their thing. But um, Trump is acting in some ways like a guy who really, really doesn't want it, who, who just he really would rather be playing golf four or five times a week at Mar-a-Lago. He, re- he realize he can't go back and live in New York. He's just oh, done. That you know, would, he, that's fantastic. Remember, remember, he moved his residence to uh, Florida to, you know, so he can pay fewer taxes, taxes right. if that's possible. I don't know how you go from minus, maybe <laughs> yeah, more, exactly. more illicit refunds by being in Florida. But um, uh, so he he's going to clearly live in Florida when this is all over, right? Is there any uh, question? Well, he, and he could very well lose Florida in the election. So that would be kind of important uh, yeah. too. But, you know, that's one of those things. Yeah. Oh, well, then he's stuck with, with American Samoa. I think he's going to nail down American Samoa again, right? <laughs> we should not let this story go by because it is huge. It did happen a few days ago. The Trump administration asked the Supreme Court late on Thursday to overturn the Affordable Care Act, so-called Obamacare, telling the court that the entire ACA must fall. Of course, this is in the middle of the pandemic, and an estimated 23 million Americans would lose any kind of coverage, Brad. Right. Well, that story that factual story does lead to a lot of us thinking he doesn't want to get reelected because that's the that's the musings of a madman again it, it it's bad enough it's bad enough that the republicans while obama was the president voted what 70 times to repeal obamacare over in the house when they had control of of the house and then it died and it never went anywhere um and then when Trump became president, they tried it again and then lost by one vote when that dead senator from Arizona betrayed Donald Trump and they couldn't get all the votes to screw it up. So they're trying to do to Obamacare what Republicans have been trying to do to uh, the right to an abortion you know, for 40 years. They want to chip away at it pieces at a time, which is bad enough. But to go all in, supposedly thinking that, this late in his term that suddenly you're going for all the marbles to screw over everybody, the the uh, 10 or 20 million people that are really using the provisions of Obamacare to uh, leave them naked with no health insurance here um, in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, th- that's just crazy. I mean, that that's like injecting Lysol in your veins and thinking, <laughs> gonna, right? What, where is... Where's the law? And, and, and we don't have enough to get into the fact, of course, it's, it's not as if Trump sent his lawyers to the Supreme Court and they had this big plan of, if you just rule our way, if you please rule, we have this ready to go and everybody's going to be taken. No, they no. just lie about it. They have no plan, right? So if, if, if Trump thinks that, and again, let's, let's play it out. Let's say that next week, John Roberts said, this is so important. We need to make a decision on this before the election because this is of paramount importance. And let's say that Donald Trump's side won and their Obamacare vanished from the face of the earth. Can you tell me how that would help Donald Trump gain more votes 
on election day. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm not that smart. Bachelor's degree from Ohio State. Not the, not that well educated, but it just doesn't seem to make any sense. There's always the, he does this on purpose knowing he's going to get smacked down and he will lose and then he can run against the, the Supreme Court and say, I need another four years to put another couple of justices quote on our side so I can get every decision to go the way I want to. But I don't think he's that smart. I don't think he's, he, he, he can't think two spaces ahead in the game to do something. And and that would, again, that would be a stupid thing to sacrifice the health of millions of Americans, their ability to access health care and not go broke, um, thinking that that would get him reelected. I mean, it it just, it makes no sense. And you know what? I think we've crossed the line. We're way past the line of, oh, he does things that don't make sense, but they're brilliant. Yeah, they love it. You're going to really feel stupid for criticizing him because, you know, that whole thing with the pussy grabbing, see, that didn't hurt him. John McCain, not a hero, (laughs) didn't hurt him. Uh, All those Mexicans rapists didn't hurt him. And uh, knocking out Obamacare didn't hurt him. It helped him. No, no, no. It's over. It's done. It's done. Start Start booking your own tea times for mid to late January, Don. It's going to be over soon. It's going to be over. Brad and Brit.com.